0: Well, the Lakers are two and two, and it's taken a whole lot of effort to get here. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a solo edition. You're here with Ethan on the Ethos Lakers stage. We are back at two and two, and the Lakers have had to work entirely too hard to get to a 500 record. Now, the schedule makers certainly have done them no favors early on in the campaign, opening up their season at Denver on Ring Night, playing a Phoenix Suns team that should have required a little more talent than what was necessary to get by them. And then a back-to-back versus a very good and talented Sacramento Kings team, followed by a young and hungry Orlando Magic team under the direction of Jamal Mosley, who is doing a fantastic job with the Magic. But nonetheless, the Lakers have alternated losses with wins, starting 0-1, 1-1, 1-2, and now 2-2 as they foray into the rest of the season. And let's get right down into business, because there have been things that we like to see. There have been things that we don't like to see. Some some of these things have been all too familiar, as in transition defense, Lakers not being able to stop anyone at the rim, opponents getting anything they want all too easily, as in what minutes restriction for LeBron James, right? That was the story of the entire first game. He only played 29 minutes. Well, since then, he's blown by 30 minutes with ease in every game, almost hitting 40 in that overtime game versus Sacramento, 35, 39. 33 in the win versus the Magic. LeBron's minutes will be monitored, but if you think they are going to sit him on the bench in favor of winning games, let the first four contests show you that is simply not going to happen. Too much of the same situation. Where is Max Christie? Max Christie, how much... Does Cam Reddish have to suck at basketball for Max Christie to get on the court? Cam Reddish, playing time, 14 minutes in the game versus Orlando uh, with a minus three rating, zero points, and some very questionable decisions. All of this ultimately to say the Lakers are still going to go as far as LeBron James and Anthony Davis carry them. Now. There has been so much talk. We're going to get right into the player dissection. We're going to start with the starting lineup here. So much talk from Austin Reeves. So much talk about Austin Reeves, the summer of Austin, the contract, the Team USA. Well, my man, Austin, it has not been a pretty start for you right? We're talking about a guy who the Lakers were looking at basically marketing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You look at the opening night graphic, and it's Austin Reeves comprising the big three. Well, the only thing big about Austin Reeves has been his shot total and not the ones that are going through the basket. Mr. Reeves so far is shooting a glorious 25% from the three-point line, right? That's what happens when you shoot one of two, one of two, one of eight, and one of four. That is not going to work for me, four for 16 to start the year. You think that's bad, four of 11, four of seven, one of 12, five of 12 overall from the field for Mr. Reeves in the first four contests. Every single game, Austin Reeves has been a double digit minus in the plus minus, let me say that again. Every game to date, Austin Reeves has been a minus in the plus-minus category, minus 14 in a loss, minus 11 in a win, minus 12 in a loss, minus 14 in a three-point win against the Orlando Magic. Reeves' minutes are more or less staying around the same number right now, right around that 30 minute mark, 29, 30 minutes. But if Austin looks tired, it looks like Team USA took his legs out from under him right now. And if this continues, the Lakers are going to have to figure something out and figure it out quickly because they need Austin Reeves to be a big part of this team if they are going to reach the ultimate potential in terms of where they think they are going to go. D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, as we've come to expect from him throughout his career. But the last two games have shown an immense amount of progress, in particular the game versus Orlando. I mean, when D'Angelo is hot, he is hot. In the first couple of games, Russell, we saw a little bit too much of what we've seen in the past from him, floating around on the perimeter, not being as decisive as we want. He's still making better decisions on defense, showing a little bit of effort there. He's definitely a more self-aware player, but we need to see more from him. And that's what we've seen in the last two contests versus the Kings and versus the Magic. Over those two games, D'Angelo Russell's averaging and half points, 8.5 assists and he's shooting just under 40% from the three-point line. That's the kind of D'Angelo Russell we're going to need. D'Angelo Russell needs to be the one who steps up and becomes the third player on this team alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James because outside of those first two games, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been nothing short of fantastic. And I know I said the first two, but I really meant the first one, just that first game versus Denver. Since then, these two gentlemen have been nothing short of phenomenal, in particular, Anthony Davis. So let's start with LeBron. Okay. LeBron in the first game versus Denver, the whole story as we talked about minutes managed, minutes monitored, still wound up 21-8-5 in the first game of year 21. Are you shitting me, as the kids like to say? I mean, this guy is just, he, he's not human when it comes down to it. Game two, LeBron knew the Lakers needed a win against the Suns team that was missing their t- two of their best players, had Kevin Durant and a bunch of scrubs. What's he do? 21-8-9 with a plus 22 in his 35 minutes. Think about that. Lakers won the game by five points. He was plus 22 in his 35 minutes. That means the 13 minutes he was off the court, the Lakers were a minus 17. That's how much LeBron still matters. Next two games since then, LeBron has been a man on a mission. The the only downside of the Sacramento game is the eight turnovers. Not all eight his fault, but we don't like to see that eight turnover number, but 27, 15, and eight. I mean, he and AD were the first pair of Lakers to grab 15 plus rebounds in the same game since Shaq and Kobe. You're talking about stuff that just hasn't been done in two decades plus. And then the win versus the Magic, a little bit more of a pedestrian line by LeBron Sanders, 19, 3, and 4. But still, this is a guy in his 21st year. He's not supposed to do things like this. But what it really is about for me in the starting lineup, and this is where the Lakers absolutely need this man to play if they're going to reach their highest ceiling, it's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been a man on a mission to start this basketball season. He heard everybody talking about how he didn't score in the second half against Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. And he said, oh, y'all, y'all like when I score the basketball? Y'all like when I dominate the game? OK, let, let me show you how it's done then. Because since then, nobody's been talking about Anthony Davis. And he has been absolutely dominant. Through four games, AD is averaging 26 and 14 let me repeat that 26 and 14. If the season ended today, which obviously it does not, it would be his highest rebounding total by a large margin. He is active on the defensive on the defensive side. He is blocking shots. He is stealing shots. He is everywhere. He is making it a force. When he hits the floor, he is jumping right back up. You could tell Anthony Davis is in a slightly different mindset to start this year, and this is the mindset the Lakers are going to need if they're going to continue answering these big questions that have suddenly appeared in front of them just four games into the season. Now we spent some time on the starters, so we got to address the bench now. We heard all about the depth of this Lakers team. We heard all about the most important signings. We heard all about how this is gonna be a, a deep Lakers team where if they sustain an injury, as they already have with Jared Vanderbilt, which has really impacted the depth, I think in a meaningful way. If they got a guy who's not going right, like Gabe Vincent right now, right? That the Lakers could take that next step and be able to sort of assume those things and be able to deal with it. Well, so far, that has not exactly been the case. Now, the bench outright is not to blame. Of course, they have to be able to get into the game. And that's where Rui Hachimura comes into the fold for me. Now, Rui was not available versus the Orlando Magic. He was deemed probable, then dinged down to doubtful, some sort of eye issue, seems minor. So we don't have any data from that game because he was not available. But if I were to tell you that Rui Hachimura has not eclipsed 17 and a half minutes in any of the first three games against Phoenix or uh, for the Lakers, excuse me. That's what happens when you talk and read at the same time. Wouldn't you be surprised? This is a guy who the Lakers don't even get into the Western Conference Finals without last year. This is a guy the Lakers don't even make their playoff push without Rui Hachimura last year. And while all the sex and sizzle and all that stuff was given to the Malik Beasley, the D'Angelo Russell, the Jared Vanderbilt trade, because that's what got Russell Westbrook out of town, it really began with Rui in a very meaningful way. This is a man that they paid, the Lakers being they, pay $17 million a year, and this is a guy who's going to play 15 minutes a game? Darvin Ham, what are you doing? What are you doing with Rui Hachimura? What are you doing? This is my my most vocal and notable criticism of Darvin Ham to start the season, is what are you doing with Rui Hachimura? The Lakers are a better team when they are bigger on the court, let me say that again, because I know Darvin Ham has this unbelievable affinity, this inclination, this desire, this deep-rooted feel that he must play all the guards at once. Even though Dennis Schroeder's having a nice start to his season in Toronto, you know, thank God that it's one less guard for Ham to choose from. The Lakers are better when they're bigger, Case in point with what we're seeing with Christian Wood. And we're about to go there. But before I get off this island, Rui, I need more minutes for Rui. More minutes for Rui. The Lakers will be better off for it. Put LeBron at the point. Let Rui run on the wing. Those guys work together all offseason. Let that chemistry cook. Okay? Let that chemistry cook. And speaking of cooking, it took all offseason for the Christian Wood to Lakers brew to finally come to fruition. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Christian Wood is here on the Lakers, and Christian Wood has been a positive plus-minus differential in all four of the Lakers contests so far to date. Let me repeat myself. Christian Wood on the positive plus-minus all four games to date. I don't know what is going on with the Jackson Hayes experiment. I don't know what role he will ultimately serve on this team. But what I can absolutely tell you about Jackson Hayes is that he should not be playing ahead of Christian Wood at any time, for any reason, in any meaningful minutes. I don't understand why he is coming off the bench before Christian Wood. I don't understand why Darvin Ham is insistent that he must play seven to ten minutes a game. I, I, I don't understand what is happening with the Jackson Hayes experiment. But Christian Wood is a better fit for this team. Right now, Christian Wood is also a better player for this team. And if Christian Wood can play even just a little bit of defense, we have seen him be better in that sense. We have seen him try to give a little bit more of an effort on that end of the floor. And if he can continue that level of effort, it will be a lot better for everybody, especially the Lakers. Game high, excuse me, season high, 26 and a half minutes for Mr. Christian Wood in the win versus Orlando. And guess what? The Lakers won the game. Now, You look at Christian Wood on the season overall so far through four games, eight and a half points, seven rebounds, no real defensive stats to talk about, shooting 55% from the field, making one out of every three three three-pointers. It it, it doesn't really hit you with a headline and go, oh man, what a signing. You got to remember, this is a guy nobody wanted, this guy on a minimum deal, this guy trying to prove that not only does he belong in the league, but that he should have staying power and, and with a single team. Now, remember, this reminds me, now, this reminds me of, of what the Lakers tried to do several years ago with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins is trying to replicate some of that success from Narlis before DeMarcus Cousins wind up going down, right? This reminds me of that. This reminds me of that. And at, the, and at the same time, even though they are very vastly different players, what you see from Christian Wood in terms of how he plays the game has a little bit of DeMarcus Cousins in him. He's got some molasses in his game, Right? It just spills out of your mouth, some sweet molasses. And if you get that reference, then man, we, we get a beer anytime you want. I don't even drink beer. That's how much I'd appreciate that. Okay? So Christian Wood, just like Rui Hachimura, I need more minutes on the floor for you. Lakers are better when they are bigger. So let's get let's get him on the floor more often. Lakers will be better off for it. Now, the signing that nobody saw coming this summer was Gabe Vincent. Everyone's talking about do you bring back Dennis Schroeder? Do you not? How do you how do you handle this situation? Because D'Angelo Russell outright, you know, we didn't even know he if he was gonna come back at that point. But D'Angelo Russell, it was gonna be, it was always gonna be 50-50 in terms of whether he was gonna come back. And then on top of it, you always said, All right, we need we need something else. We need a little bit of an insurance policy. And then Gabe Vincent signs out of nowhere. And you go, okay, heat culture coming to LA. A little bit of a reunion for Mr. Gabe Vincent as well from Modesto, goes to, went to UC Santa Barbara for college. Now even though the the efficiency from the field has not been there, in particular for the three-point line. I mean, Vincent finally made his first three for the Lakers in this win versus Orlando last night, right? So he has not been efficient from the field. But here's what I will say about Gabe Vincent through his struggles. The effort is there. He picks up guys full full court. He, He always brings a steadiness about him. If he's missed five shots in a row, he doesn't start letting, let it, you know, consume who he is as a, as a whole human being. Right. And the other nice thing about Vincent, despite, I mean, he, despite his struggles is again, like Christian Wood, he's been a positive plus minus in, in three of four games, not versus Denver in the, in the opener, but since then, now the minutes, this is the most interesting thing for me. Minutes have been a little higher than I would have expected them to be at this point. Right. You open the season with 22 and a half, then all the way up to 35 then all the way up to 31 and a half, then 24 and a half versus Orlando. I wonder about if that's more of a sweet spot for him, about 22 to 28 minutes, somewhere in that range. Keep him on this side of 30, not on the other side of it, especially as D'Angelo Russell continues to play better. I'm not a fan of D'Angelo Russell and Gabe Vincent sharing a backcourt together, especially if it means Austin Reeves or Cam Reddish or somebody like that is out there with him in terms of the size. Not that Austin Reeves and Cam Reddish are the same player, the same town. Okay, don't get it twisted. It's just too small for me. It's too small. Vincent, I mean he's he's 6'1, 6'2, couple bills, right? But it's just, it's too small for me. It doesn't do enough for me. And defensively, it impacts, it just impacts the team in a way where I don't think they need to have it that, they don't, don't need to have it be constructed that way. You shave instead of giving, you know, 30, 35 minutes to Vincent, give him 25 minutes, push some of that time Rui's way, push some of that Jackson Hayes time over to, to Christian Wood. Man, getting Jared Vanderbilt back will be very interesting to see how that impacts, especially if Austin Reeves continues to not really be the player that the Lakers need him to be. But I think he'll get it figured out. But Gabe Vincent is still finding his footing. And in the age of immediate reaction, instant gratification, everybody wants all the things to happen right away. I think part of it is that, you know, if the Lakers had had a slow preseason, had they come out and really, you know, kind of struggled to build that chemistry and kind of figure each other out, it would be harder to justify, or excuse me, it would be easier to justify this start. But because they would look so gelled in the preseason, everybody was sort of playing well, and D'Angelo Russell was really hitting it, and everybody was kind of clicking on all cylinders, it looked like. I think the expectations were just a a little higher than what they should have been for the first handful of games of the season. Remember, it's just the first four or five games this week of the season. Everybody's got to just take a kumbaya breath and take a deep one, and we're going to be all right here. We're going to be all right. All right? All right, all right, we're going to wrap it up with the last part, man. but he's taking a deep breath, trying to breathe and figure out what this Lakers team's going to look like in the coming weeks, months, and season ahead. So when we look at the Lakers schedule going forward, right? Now, there's always all this smoking, puffing, all kinds of theatrics when the Lakers and Clippers play each other in the battle for LA. That's never gonna be a battle for LA. I don't care what happens with the Clippers going forward. I don't care what happens with the Lakers going forward. Of course, that's a lie. Of course I care about what happens with the Lakers going forward. But the reality is there is no battle to be found here. This is a media contrived narrative. Don't fall through the trap okay it's interesting they play in the same city but to stop it with this battle for la business the freeway series or whatever else you want to call it it's all a bunch of marketing garbage i don't know if james harden will be on the floor in time for this one but While we're here, let's briefly weigh in on the James Harden trade. The deal that we knew was going to be coming for months and months and months has finally come to fruition. The Sixers, despite all their whining, moaning, pissing and complaining, still didn't get get Terrence Mann out of the deal. James Harden is on his fourth team. Yes, I said fourth team since the 2021 season. And now the Clippers can't make it work with Harden. It is officially time to move on from the PG and Kawhi era. I just think about all that this entails for the Clippers and how it just now becomes about James Harden and how it becomes about the distractions and how it becomes this Clipper season now becomes about something totally different than what they had built through the entire preseason and moving forward with. So it is definitely a calculated gamble. Listen, when you can get a talent like James Harden, assuming he's bought in, assuming he's in shape, assuming he's he's playing within a team construct, making a lot of assumptions here. But when you can get it for role players, guys who you brought in. in in, in secondary or tertiary pieces and trades you know it it, it is it is a reasonable acquisition price even with the picks that they gave away even with the pick swaps that were involved and all the things because the Clippers aren't going to be picking at the front of the draft anyway reality is they're going to be a top heavy team they're going to be relying on more age they're going to be relying on some some very young player development through two-way type of contracts and through maybe you know future second round picks that they might acquire but the Clippers now with Westbrook Harden Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Avita Zubats, God bless him, still hanging around with the Clippers. Shout out to you, Mike Moscala, who did absolutely nothing for, for, for the Lakers team after they made that asinine trade, right? Now the Clippers, I mean, they had a squad before, but now on paper, you know, they looking like the Monsters. So the Lakers are going to have to, you know, step up to the plate. Even if James Harden does not play, it's still going to be a t- tight contest. Next handful of games for the Lakers, okay? We got Clippers, we got Magic again. Heat, Rockets, Suns, Blazers, Grizzlies, Kings, that takes you through mid-November at that point, okay? Even games that the Lakers, quote-unquote, should win versus the Rockets, versus the Blazers, right? I mean, versus the Grizzlies. These, These are not going to be easy games. The Lakers' schedule is not a walk in the park, this year. There is going to be a challenge basically at any given turn. Now, part of that is the parody and part of that is just the reality of today's NBA. But the pace of the schedule will start to help the Lakers a little bit over these next handful of games as we move into mid-November, right? We're talking about a game Wednesday, then not till Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. Right. So we get a little bit more of a, of a breath in between games, which is absolutely going to help this Lakers squad LeBron James in particular, because I think the onus is going to continue to be put on LeBron as we move forward here. Despite this being Anthony Davis's team, despite Anthony Davis, looking like the most dominant player on the floor, as he should. One player is in his prime, one player is in his 21st year. Both exceptional players, both players that I I need the Lakers to absolutely do everything that they can to maximize this window because it is simply not going to come around more than once every so often in this lifetime of basketball. And so when you're the Lakers, you have to make this work and you have to really be honest with yourself. I need Darwin Ham's assistance to challenge him on rotations. I need Rob Pelinka to to have meaningful conversations with the coaching staff about collaborating, making sure that everybody's on the same page. The baseline for this Lakers team, for this Lakers organization is going to be about communication, even and especially when it's difficult let me repeat that the baseline for this lakers organization will be clear and consistent communication even and especially when it's difficult. And if the Lakers are able to do that, then they will continue to be in good shape and they will continue to build that cohesion. It will continue to reach toward their ultimate potential in terms of what they can be as individuals and what they can be as a team. But the short version here is, guys, the Lakers need to go bigger. The Lakers need to be better. And they need Austin Reeves to step up. They need D'Angelo Russell to be the third member of the big three. And they need Anthony Davis to continue to play like the player that Lakers fans and the entire NBA has been asking him to be for so long and he looks comfortable right now. Let's hope that that continues because if it does, it's going to be bad news for the rest of the league and great news for the Lakers. Until the next one, we out.